0: This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Symbol. Guys, we have a brand new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your teams win, you can earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the nearly 7,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.symbolsimbull.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure you use the promo code SD, as in sports drink, to make your deposit risk-free. Again, that's www.simbull.com and use the promo code SD and your deposit will be risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. <coughs> this episode is also brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Guys, the Spotify Green Room is a live audio only sports talk platform. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Get in on the conversation that you listen to here every single day and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast like this one. Download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter and join my group. Follow me at Larry D.E.E. It's uh, I don't know why they didn't let me use D period, but they didn't. So follow me at Larry D.E.E. to be notified when my room goes live every Wednesday, seven o'clock central, eight o'clock Eastern. And join me when we go live every Wednesday night at Club 34 seven. <coughs> What's up, guys? Sorry for the late entry on this one, but uh, I, uh, you can put your fears to rest. I did not forget or just uh, you, you know, quit on on making this uh, review episode. Just had the uh, weekend get away from me a little bit, so we're pushing this one out uh, as uh, quickly as we can because I do want to put this one behind me. <laughs> because as you hear me saying the knee jerk reactions, you heard me say in the Bear Up and Bear Down show. Uh, I really wanted this one. I really wanted the Bears to have this one uh, to kind of show that we are in this new era and we do have this this quarterback that is going to be the Aaron Rodgers of the future as far as this is the guy that uh, determines who wins and loses this division from now on uh, kind of thing. You know, just like it was Brett Favre for all those years and it's been Aaron Rodgers and apparently is still uh, Aaron Rodgers Uh, We have Justin Fields, the next Aaron Rodgers, as far as the, the guy who says the AFC, excuse me, the NFC North belongs to hmm, this year, because in the years that he didn't win it, Aaron Rodgers wasn't at the height of his powers and the years that he was at the height of his powers, it was easily Green Bay's division to win or lose. So, um, we're not quite there yet, unfortunately, but, uh, We have a lot to talk about, and uh, it was an interesting game, the way it started, the middle, and then how it ended. Uh, And I have plenty to say about how it ended. Wait till you hear the fourth quarter uh, knee-jerk reaction. Let's just say I got all up in my feelings about how the game ended. So let's go ahead and get into it. This is the week six review episode of the Bear Sock Underground. So let's get to it. I know that we didn't have the highest of hopes uh, going into uh, into this matchup, uh, you know, because it is we're, we're, we're still not where we want to be uh, in, in, in this rivalry and, and, you know, still not like on paper or giving people pause or anything just yet. Uh, but after the way we played the last two couple the, the last couple of weeks on offense and defense and with the Packers um, not being as invulnerable as they've been uh, in the past, this looked like this was one that we could have. And I know I didn't pick us to win, but I really really wanted us to. I really, really did. And unfortunately, it became a typical Bears Packers game where the Bears make things look interesting for a bit, but in the end it were just not we're just flat out, not good enough to beat these guys on our field, on theirs, on a neutral site. It doesn't matter. The Bears still own the Packers, as Aaron Rodgers so eloquently screamed at our fans when he scored the, the, um, the game clincher uh, in the fourth quarter on his own two feet. So, uh, yeah, we got to live with that for a while. And, and quite frankly, I am hoping and praying that Aaron Rodgers will have to eat those words before it's all said and done. And, and I, it could be as soon as week 13 or whenever it is we play him on Sunday Night Football. Uh, I think it's week 14, actually. But, you know, I'm hoping that we go up there and that we remember those words. We remember to him screaming at our fans that I own you. I still own you. And uh, that he eats those words by via, you know, uh, Robert Quinn's knee in his throat and Khalil Mack's fist in his mouth. You know, and, and so on, and and maybe we'll let him keep all of his limbs as we destroy Green Bay and national TV in Green Bay. Wouldn't that just be something? Uh, I hope that uh, I hope honestly that those words affect our players as much as it affect Olin Coots. You guys, he went on the radio the next morning and told the world, "I want to punch Aaron Rodgers in the face." He's not on the team anymore, guys. Hasn't been for a decade now, and yet it angered him so much. <laughs> that that's what he would like to do to Aaron Rodgers, or at least that was his knee jerk reaction to hearing Rodgers say those words, you know, daring Rodgers to say it to his face, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, I hope that the reaction is as visceral for our players as it is, as it was for, for Olin Kreutz, a Kreutz who has not played since 2011, 2012, however long it's been. So it's been the better part of a decade since Olin Kreutz has strapped it up and yet it's it still affects him in that way. So, yeah, I hope that uh, that we have... I hope that he just gave us all the bulletin board material that we need to show up on Sunday Night Football seven, eight weeks now from now, whenever that is. So, uh, yeah, that very well could be the beginning of the end right there. That moment could be it. I hope so. I really do. So, anyway... You know, let's talk about this game. And like I said, I want to get it uh, get it done because I'm I'm ready to uh, to start thinking about what miracles are going to need to be performed in order to win uh, against the uh, Buccaneers uh, this weekend. Um, And our good friend Ren Dax will be with back with us uh, on Thursday, along with his new uh, co-host at the Pewtercast. Uh, They're both going to be on the uh, the show. Uh, I don't know the new guy yet, um, but his name is Rolodex. So that gives an impression. We'll see what we'll see how that all works out. But uh, anyway, before we can get to them, we had to close the book on uh, Green Bay. So, like I said, coming into this game, the way that we've been running the football, uh, regardless of who it is, you know, obviously Montgomery had a very good day against the Lions, being backed up nicely by by Damian Williams, and then we put against the Raiders, we had Damian Williams and. Uh, our third stringer, Khalil, technically our fourth if, you know, if we're throwing Tariq Cohen in the mix there. But, um, you know, our sixth-round rookie uh, running back, both had very nice days against the Raiders on Sunday that helped us uh, elevate to a twenty nine victory on the road over said Las Vegas squad. So thinking about coming into this, you know, would we be able to survive a game without Damian Williams, who was out for the game with, uh, with COVID? And to tell you the truth, I still haven't figured out if he actually has. COVID, or if he just wasn't able to, I think he did actually test positive for COVID. I never really got confirmation on that. And honestly, I didn't look it up. So (laughs) I don't know. I do know, however, the glorious news that we got today, that Robert Quinn has in fact tested positive for COVID. But as long as he is asymptomatic and has those negative tests within a 24 hour period, he will be able to play on Sunday. But, uh, you know, that was what I learned on on earlier today, on Tuesday, as I was, you know, getting ready to record this, so yeah, going into a game where the quarterback is the biggest problem, surrounded by a thousand weapons, uh, and we're going to need our pass rushers more than ever. We are going into the game without our other pass rusher, so yeah, we're, we're I am I already have a very low opinion about what's going to happen uh, in this football game, uh, not having Robert Quinn. Uh, it lowers it even more. So, uh, anyway, we're still talking about Green Bay. Forget the, forget that for for now. But uh, anyway, the point I was making: no Damian Williams this week, and it was basically primarily going to be the Khalil Herbert show. Even though uh, we signed Artavis Pierce back to the practice squad, and he was elevated uh, for to the roster for this game. We we elevated Ryan Nall to the fifty three man roster uh, during the week as well. So it was going to be a sixth round rookie running back and two practice squad guys, um, backing him up. And, uh, but despite that, uh, you know, that kid looked good last week against the, uh, Raiders. And, uh, you know, we got Justin Fields starting his fourth game now, or is it his fourth game? Three, four, five, six. Yeah. Fourth game. Uh, you know, he's played in four and a half games, uh, now. And, uh, we, we keep seeing these flashes from him in those games, despite the fact that uh, statistically none of his games have been impressive yet. You know, 111 yards against the Raiders uh, last week and, you know, and things like that. So 120 the week before against the, uh, uh, or excuse me, 209, excuse me, 209 yards against the uh, v- Lions the week before that. And what have you, it's just, you know, he's, he's not the reason that we're winning Football games, but he's definitely we're not losing the game at all because of him. So um, you know, going into this one, there was there were high hopes, and uh, we were just going to see if our defense and our running game could carry us uh, to victory. And the, the, you know, obviously, the running game would be. Uh, keeping the ball on our side, moving the chains, keeping the clock rolling, keeping the ball out of the hands of Aaron Rodgers and company, and then our defense disrupting them as much as humanly possible in the same way that they've disrupted Derek Carr uh, the week before. So although I said that we, I believed we'd, we wouldn't win, Uh, This football game, I definitely believe that that we had the tools in order to do it, which is where the optimism kind of came from, not just by me, but by several people thinking that we actually had a really good shot uh, in this game. And going into the fourth, the first quarter after the way the first quarter went, uh, it looked like we were in for a a ball game. You know, everything that we had hoped we would see uh, going into this game, we saw it all in the first quarter. We saw sacks on, on Rodgers. We were disrupting. We shut the Packers out. And on our one really good drive in the first quarter, we went the length of the field and scored a freaking touchdown, man! I mean, it was all pointing in the right direction at the end of the first quarter, which you'll hear me say here in the, in you know in the in this first quarter knee jerk reaction. Uh, everything was trending up uh, at the end of the first quarter. <laughs> knee jerk reaction, first quarter, Bears and Packers, and it's been an interesting. First quarter thus far, the Bears, uh, after giving up a first down uh, to the Packers, shut them down and forced the punt. And then the Bears proceed to take the ball full length down the field and score a touchdown. Uh, Khalil Herbert running the football very, very well. Uh, we got some help from the uh, Packers secondary, knowing that they were beat by Marquise Goodwin, got a pass interference in the end zone, put the ball at the one. Khalil Herbert finish it, f- finishes it from there. We're up seven, nothing, and we've sacked Rogers uh, twice so far. One by once by Quinn, once by uh, Khalil Mack uh, on the first drive, and um, the the second, the, the last drive was uh, was interesting. Um, we've, we it looked like the referees missed an offsides call because uh, Justin Fields threw an interception. Um, number one, uh, Rob Allen Robinson cut off his route like he stopped running. It looked like Fields was throwing it to. To him, he stopped running at about the 15 fields was uh, through the ball as if Robinson was going to go and it was picked off by Darnell Savage in the end zone, but it was kind of like um, Justin Fields doing his Aaron Rodgers impression. He went for the deep ball because he thought we had a free play. The referees didn't call the flag, so it still goes down uh, as an interception, but it was third and seven on the play, so it also kind of serves as if we had punted so uh the packers were first to 10 at the 20 and then i don't know if i should be upset with him or if it's just him being the unlucky victim in this case but uh mario edwards just got called for another unsportsmanlike conduct he had two of those last week against the raiders and it was uh he was saying that uh aaron rodgers uh, he hit rodgers just just as he was throwing the ball so it wasn't like he um you know ele- an illegal uh, hit or unsportsman or uh roughing the passer that's what I was looking for uh on that play and Rogers kind of uh grabbed his face mask as he was getting up so he starts talking trash to Rogers. and of course you can't can't talk trash anymore in the NFL he got flagged for the 15 yards so I don't know if if, if I should be upset at the call because I hate that taunting rule that thing's got to go or if it, you know Mario Edwards getting himself into trouble again but either way so far if we're counting uh, the quarter like you would count rounds in a fight, the Bears won the first quarter. Uh, we're we're up seven nothing, and uh, seeing if we can uh, keep this thing going. It's there's a different vibe going on in Soldier Field right now. Let's see if we can uh, keep it going. <laughs> and unbeknownst to me, the uh, that uh, vibe would change. Uh, actually, changed with the with the interception. Uh, Because the number one, the missed call, which was going to be the theme of the day and ask any bear fan who watched this game and whether no matter how they feel about the outcome uh, and how much they actually feel it contributed to the outcome of the game. Every bear fan who watched the game would agree that the referees were awful uh, in this football game and it actually went both ways at times, but for the most part it it went against us just about every time. Uh, that it could, they called Jalen Johnson for a pass interference call. Uh, at one point it was number one, the, the, the play itself was like on third and five and Jalen Johnson was on the receiver inside that five yard cushion that all defenders are allowed, uh, in those passing situations. And it wasn't like he was, but anyway, he got called for pass interference. It was bogus it shouldn't have happened later on in the football game you'll hear me talk about Sam Mustafa getting called for a holding penalty that didn't actually happen uh, the and and this being like the first prime example in the football game the uh non call on the offsides uh, against the uh against the packers there Kenny Clark jumps offsides Sam Mustafa snaps the ball while he's still in the neutral zone that's a flag that is an offsides flag and the only rookie mistake that Justin Fields made on that play was not making sure the flag was thrown, was not, you know, giving a little of his peripheral to the sideline to make sure that yellow flags were flying in the air before he took that shot uh, downfield. All of his other instincts were correct, uh, except for the one where he decided that Allen Robinson was going to be his intended re- receiver uh, on the play. So my opinion of Robinson has been going down steadily the last two years a guy who demands certain amount of uh, money. I believe with the way that Allen Robinson, Robinson has been playing, um, and mo- a lot of it's not his fault this year because passing just doesn't seem to be our priority uh, right now, but nonetheless, I think that Allen Robinson, this season as a franchise player, is making the most money he'll ever make in a year in his career. Like, he'll never make $17.8 million or more going forward after this season. It just won't happen. So, uh which is why we might be able to bring him back next year. But um, anyway, Robinson cut off his route for some reason. Uh, that, that happened twice in the game because there was a very similar interception that uh, was not an interception. Uh, Adrian Amos didn't have possession of the ball. Uh, but um, a very similar play later on in the game. Uh, he hung it up there for Allen Robinson, who again cut off his route, just didn't, they were not on the same page uh, in those moments. And uh, one of the interceptions counted, the other one didn't. Later on in the ball game, but this one was the interception that did count because of the missed uh, offsides penalty, and it became the first touchdown of the game for the Packers. So that blown call uh, on the on the penalty there that they missed became an interception, which in the moment, like I said, it didn't sting because it was third and seven, so it basically served as a as a punt as if panel O'Donnell had kicked one into the uh into the end zone but instead it became a you know a, a punt and a touchback for the packers and then throw the mario edwards thing in there and that momentum carried green bay later on into the end zone to tie up the uh football game and the second quarter's it's you hear me say it in the knee jerk reaction i believe that that moment the interception was where it turned that's where all the momentum uh, shifted it wasn't it wasn't really the moment that catapulted uh, Green Bay. I do believe that was the the Mario Edwards thing a little bit later on, but that was the moment where it turned against us. The momentum and everything that we had going into it that's where it turned against us and it was a very, very different football game in the second quarter into the third, and so on, pretty much from that moment on. And uh, you hear me talk about in the second quarter, knee-jerk reaction. The vibe is totally different. I thought that uh, the Bears had like a 10-8 round uh, in the first quarter with the way the defense got to Rodgers twice. We scored a touchdown on our own 80-yard drive and ran the ball right down their throats. And uh, apparently they had some respect slash fear for our uh, deep ball uh, ability, the way that they, uh, you know, fouled. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, that, that gave us the pass interference at the one yard line, and so on and so forth. It was all trending up for us. That all changed in the second quarter. <laughs> Knee jerk reaction. First quarter, excuse me, second quarter, Bears and Packers, and the second quarter was an absolute mess. I mean, from top to bottom, from us, from the officials running the football game, for everybody but Green Bay, because they put two scoring drives together put 10 points on the board to take the lead going into the half 10, seven uh, it's like, whatever was working for us in the first quarter, you know, it, it and, and I, I hate to say it, but it's it like the fortune turned on that missed play on that, on that first interception that Justin Fields threw on the only interception. He didn't throw another one, but uh, in the, in the, the first interception, when they missed the offsides call, Justin throws the interception because he thinks he's got a free play or he throws it deep thinking that he's got a free play. The, uh, the Packers pick it off on third and seven. So it's basically like uh, Canadian football punting on third down uh, essentially. But the Packers turn that into their first touchdown drive. And like I said, uh, helped by Mario Edwards and his taunting penalty. Um, so, The offensive rhythm, it looked like that we were establishing, you know, in the first drive and into the second one has kind of faded. We haven't really had any success on offense here in the second quarter uh, at all. And the second quarter very much looked like the old uh, Bears-Packers games where Green Bay pretty much does whatever they want. They, you know, somehow stifle us on on defense and, you know... things just keep going their way they're they're getting all the calls and and things like that so the good news is we're only down three we start with the football uh in the second in the second half because we kicked off to green bay to start so i'll see if we can come back in when i played ball all my my offensive line coach used to tell me the most important drives of the game the first drive of the first half first drive of the second half because they set a tone so the bears need to come out. Set a tone like they did at the start of the football game. See if we can get the lead back and uh, retake control of this football game. <laughs> and unfortunately, the third quarter would be uh, more of the same. Uh, it would be the uh, you know the the calls that were going against the the Bears. It would be us not being able to finish drives and and things like that in the in the third quarter. Not even get ourselves in in field goal range uh, or anything. Uh, like that, like I said, the offensive rhythm that we had in the first quarter where, we're, where everything was was clicking where, we're, you know, we're running the football really well. We're getting first downs. Uh, I think we only had like and, and, actually, and that was a the theme throughout the game as well. Actually, I think it was I think when I was listening to Hogan Johns, they said that there was only one drive, maybe two offensively in the entire game where the Bears went three and out. So it's not like we weren't going out there and we were just immediately giving the ball back to Green Bay. We were able to get first downs more times than not. It's just that we couldn't keep that 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 going, so that we could get ourselves in field goal range or or anything like that. They always seem to kind of peter out at the, uh, you know, at after uh, you know a first down or two. But we we're never close enough to uh, add to our, our point total. Until the fourth quarter, we'll talk about that here uh, in a moment. But as you hear me say in the third quarter, you know Green Bay scores again. It's seventeen to seven now going into the uh, going into the fourth quarter. Um, We haven't been. We we finally got to Aaron Rodgers again. We got him twice in the first quarter. We weren't able to get him again until like literally the last play of the third quarter. But that came with a cost. Uh, as well so it's just like all of the luck and momentum uh, and everything the different vibe we had in the first quarter going into the fourth it wasn't looking good and you know not even knowing what was going to happen there in the fourth quarter yet where it was going to cost me to to flip my lid uh, at the end of the football game so uh, but again, going into the fourth quarter, uh, seemingly the optimism that was had after the first was pretty much gone at that point. Yeah. Knee-jerk reaction, third quarter, Bears-Packers, and it's just getting frustrating uh, at this point. Uh, we, we it's, it's the frustrating aspect of the Bears-Packers games that Green Bay looks sharp as hell, and we look like we're all over the place you know uh, and it's just the defense can only do so much man Um, and and I think we just lost Akeem Hicks again because he just sacked Aaron Rodgers on third and nine we absolutely had to have that you know we absolutely had to have a stop there Um, they went and uh, Akeem Hicks came untouched uh, but pulled up lame at the end of it and um, Greg Olson who's uh, announcing the game today said that He's seeing Akeem Hicks slam his helmet on the ground on the sidelines, which obviously he wasn't doing in celebration. So something to look at in the fourth quarter. But we're just not getting it done, period. You know, it's like we run the ball here and there. But as far as the passing game, as I think Khalil Herbert has more yards rushing than Justin Fields has passing. Justin doesn't look sharp today. And, you know, it's like I don't know if Justin saw something in film this week. But he's pulling it down, especially in the first half. He hasn't done it so much uh, in the third. I mean, he did it in the beginning of the third quarter. But he seems like he's more apt to run, like t- take the ball in and run, than he is to wait for receivers to to get open. Um, you know, I just – I don't know what it is. But um, he, he – and I – he almost also looks like what you would have expected him to look like after the Cleveland game. You know, like the pressure that the Packers are applying – which isn't overwhelming or anything, but he's, he, in, instead of stepping up in the pocket or rolling out, he's more apt to try to take the ball and run. And uh, I don't know, I'm just not a fan of what we're seeing uh, from the offense at all, outside of that first drive. I just don't get it. But um, here it is, the fourth quarter. It's 17-7. to The Packers added uh, another touchdown, thanks to the fact that Deshaun Gibson, embarrassingly lost a one-on-one with Aaron Jones had him dead to rights in the uh out in the flat and Jones made a miss so here we go at the start of the fourth quarter Bears have the football let's see if uh see if uh, Justin Fields can perform a miracle here yep. this episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room Uh for Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. Come through and talk to me live on Club 34-7. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow me at Larry DEE to be notified when my room goes live. And again, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, you can join me on the Spotify Green Room for Club 347. Come in, let's have a conversation, let's talk Bears, let's talk whatever you want. But in order to do that, you got to download the Spotify Green Room anywhere you get your apps. (laughs) This episode is also brought to you by Symbol. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD, as in sports drink, to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. <coughs> All right, so a few things there. Number one, what I was talking about with, with Justin Fields. Um, I, 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 it didn't, it didn't seem as though it became a footsteps thing where he could hear people coming or whatever. I really do think there was probably something that he saw in the film during the week that made him more compelled to, uh, take the ball and, and run as opposed to wait for the receivers to get open, uh, kind of thing. Like if he, he saw that maybe he saw in, in the other, in other games other quarterbacks not taking advantage of the wide open middle of the field that the uh, Packer defense was allowing and him thinking he could exploit that. I, you know, maybe that's something that he saw. I don't know but it just seemed like he was more apt to run than he was to wait for our receivers to get open. And as you heard me say in the Bear Up, Bear Down show, I actually gave the receivers a bear down, a thumbs down for the game because that was happening a lot. Like, And also maybe he felt compelled to run the ball because his goddamn receivers weren't getting open. You know the, the, the one example that they really did show us was the fourth and 20, or excuse me, it was like third and 15 play on our last drive uh, of the game, we were running two uh, streak routes uh, up the field. And then basically one of them was to clear a deep crossing route. And Justin Fields is rolling to his right. He's ready to throw the football. Nobody is ready to make a catch. Nobody is ready for the for the ball to be coming or to look for it. Uh, the deep crossing route wasn't into his break yet. Uh, and here he's got Kenny Clark breathing down his neck and he gets sacked for an 11-yard loss, which made it fourth and 26. Uh, as a result, so I don't get to watch the the all 22s. Uh, I've thought about getting the NFL uh, uh, game pass, uh, but I've heard from several people, including our good friend Jeremy Reisman from prior to Detroit that it's a disaster. It's like what they end up showing is part of the game and here's stuff that they're not putting on there and the complete version of it uh, doesn't come out till like Friday, which doesn't help me on t- Monday and Tuesday when I'm doing these episodes. So yeah, it's not worth the the time or the money, uh, quite frankly, or from what I've hear, heard. But, you know, it, it just, um, it, maybe, maybe that's what it was that he was trying to exploit something he'd seen on film and he was more apt to try to do that than to wait for his receivers to get open. Because with the secondary we were going up against on Sunday, guys, we probably should have had a much easier time throwing the ball or we should have been a bit more compelled to test these guys downfield than we actually were. Because their top two receivers, uh, King and uh, uh, Alexander, were out for the game. They ended up losing like another one uh, and everything it was like pretty much the only starter they held on the field in the secondary was Adrian Amos at one point uh, during the game. And yet Justin Fields only broke a hundred yards in the fourth quarter when we're down two scores and we have to throw pretty much every down uh, kind of thing that otherwise he probably wouldn't have broken a hundred yards uh, on, his, on his own anyway. But uh, you know, uh, he didn't look sharp. There were throws that were kind of out of uh you know, that were off target um, and, uh, and things like that. But Or maybe they were, he was just throwing them away. I don't know. But, uh, you know, at this point, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. It's not a uh, Trubisky thing where he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn uh, with some of his throws. But, um, you know, he, he makes too many throws that are just too good to think that he's not doing that on purpose. But uh, anyway, and then the last thing with Deshaun Gibson uh, on the touchdown to Aaron Jones. Um, up until the moment that he was one-on-one out in the open field with Aaron Jones, Deshaun Gibson played that play perfectly. He defended the screen. He was there. Uh, he was ready to defend. And as soon as Aaron Jones caught the ball, there's Deshaun Gibson ready to make the tackle. And instead, Jones puts a move on him, uh, kind of like a, a revenge for what uh, Damian Williams uh, did to his defender uh, in the Raiders game last week where he got him out in the open space, Put that spin move to the inside and he was left hugging air so was Deshaun Gibson I don't even think he got a fingernail on Aaron Jones and once he got past that idiot he's in the end zone for a touchdown so and the other thing that's discouraging is that I was kind of hoping we'd see more Deion Bush uh and I heard today on Tuesday that Deion Bush is on IR for some reason so I don't know if he's done for the season or if it's the three-week IR and we'll get him back after the bye week kind of thing uh but nonetheless it ain't good so we're stuck with Deshaun uh, Gibson for as long as he's healthy, I guess. But, uh, yeah, just it, – it, 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 mar- it makes me just marvel, like, how, how badly the safety position is going for the Bears right now. We'll talk about Eddie Jackson after the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction. But um, those two together, I mean, that's supposed to be a killer pairing. And it was for a portion of last year. Uh, and then, you know, the tackling thing with Eddie Jackson – and then Tashawn Gibson not being, you know, a very good playmaker for us and what have you. And then this year it's just been exacerbated. The two of those guys together, we ain't got uh, like two niggles thrown to up together with those guys, man. It's just awful. And uh, we are suffering badly at that position. And what was used to be a strength for us, you know, I mean, wh- I mean, it just kind of puts all the more value in Adrian Amos and, and, you know, kind of put the onus on, on Ryan Pace, man, we should, have, oh, you know, like I go back to, and I think about that decision, you know, like we thought we were going to have to, we'd probably lose one of them and bring one of them back. And it's like, who do I want? It's like, well, I think Brian, uh, Bryce Callahan is the, the better of the two players, but Adrian Amos is more reliable. He's the one that's healthy. I would have opted to sign Adrian Amos and, uh, we didn't sign either of them. They're both God uh but i was right about callahan he didn't play a down for the for the browns broncos excuse me in 2019 uh because of that foot injury he suffered against the rams it kept him out a year and a half before he came back last year and um adrian amos has pretty much been a stud for green bay the whole time so yeah that's where the money should have gone that's where it should have gone but uh hindsight 2020 what have you but uh to Sean gibson uh, wasn't good. Haha Clinton Dix before him wasn't any good. So losing Adrian Amos and thanks to Amos being gone, Eddie Jackson hasn't been good since Adrian Amos left. So maybe he was the the catalyst. You know, the catalyst for it all along. Uh, he was doing his job, so Eddie Jackson could be Eddie Jackson. And now that he's gone, Eddie Jackson can't be Eddie Jackson anymore. So because we've been suffering big time since he left. But um, anyway, here it comes, guys. The fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction that I've been uh, that I've been the hype man for for the last uh, few days. I've been talking about it, leading up to it, teasing it, and what have you. I managed to keep the language clean somehow. Well, for the most part, anyway. I, I keep all of the interesting words to myself, but I throw in some 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 coarse language in there from time to time. But uh, the end of the game, it's it's not even over yet when I start doing the knee-jerk reaction. That's how pissed I was. And uh, it goes on for a while. And I was definitely unhappy that uh, come the end of another Bears-Packers game, we were on the wrong side of it. Yeah. New York reaction, Bears-Packers, fourth quarter. There's a buck fifty to go in the game, but this thing is over with. Uh, it's been over since uh, the beginning of the fourth quarter, essentially. Or the middle, I should say. Um, the Bears put together a really good-looking drive. To make it 17 to 14. Justin Fields threw a touchdown to um Darnell Mooney to bring it down to three. And then on the uh ensuing drive, the defense just they they gave up the drive. They absolutely could not afford to give up. Okay, that's why I'm so pissed off right now. Okay, we could it happens every time in this rivalry. And, and, and we got to stop calling it a rivalry. But in these games, between this, we always collapse to these assholes at the worst, absolute worst time. Absolute worst time. When we had to have a three and out, when we had to have the ball back, all of a sudden Jalen Johnson just gives up on Devontae Adams, who's wide open for a 40-yard gain that if he didn't step out, by a sliver was like would have been like a 60 yard touchdown pass. You can't have that. And then when we get the ball back after they score, Kenny Clark, who is a stout runner, uh, you know, a stout defensive stud for those guys, has been a non-factor. Complete non-factor in the whole game. We haven't heard from him once. Two sacks on the last offensive drive. Two sacks. Just unbelievable. Unbelievable that this keeps happening over and over again. That we keep having these typical collapses against these guys. And you want to know why I'm so pissed off? I really, really wanted this one, guys. I really did. I didn't think Justin Fields was going to come out here and outgun Aaron Rodgers or anything like that. But I just thought with the way we've played the last two weeks, the momentum that we were carrying, the progress we were seeing from Justin Fields, this this was the time. This was the time to take this rivalry back and make it a rivalry again. And instead, it ended up looking like every other goddamn game in this series. Where we make it interesting for a while, but in the end, we're just not good enough to beat these guys. We are just not good enough to beat them. So we dropped to 500. Three and three. We are going down to Tampa Bay to get murdered by the Buccaneers. Because if we look like this against Green Bay, oh, you know, (laughs) Tampa Bay is actually a really, really good team as opposed to the packers who just they have Aaron Rodgers that's what they have okay we're going out there we're going to Tampa Bay to get murdered next week we are going to get absolutely pasted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and we deserve it we absolutely deserve it unbelievable what we saw from this team today and not to mention while I'm at it and I'm full of sour grapes at the moment the refs day's They could not stop screwing us over and over uh, in this one. It was unreal to watch at times. Unreal. And like I said, this whole game felt like it turned when they missed that offsides call. Justin Fields threw the interception, which at the moment looked inconsequential. Like, ah, it was third and seven anyway, so it's kind of like a punt. No, they turned that around and put it in the end zone. That was their first touchdown of the game was off of that interception off of that missed call uh, and everything, just and the referees were at it like that all week, all game long, all game long, you know. And I, I thought that we had the momentum because they tried to, uh, they 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 called Sam Mustafer for a holding penalty on what should have been Khalil Herbert's second touchdown uh, of the day, uh, and in what and and calls like that, especially in this series are usually the backbreakers for us. But instead, we went back, we put it in the end zone, made it 17-14, to 14. and then, like I said, the defense just caved in at the absolute worst time. Uh, uh, when we absolutely had to have a three and out, get the ball back, get it back in Justin Fields' hands, <laughs> we give up a 40-plus yard play to Devontae Adams, which could have been so much worse. And then to cap it off completely, Aaron Rodgers is the one running it in from about 10, 15 yards out. I mean, it's just talk about a dagger, an absolute dagger. So, yeah, like I said, I'm so pissed because I wanted this one. I wanted this one bad, you guys. I really did. And we blew it. We absolutely blew it. Yeah, yeah so there it was. <laughs> there was was me and my rant. That began uh, with a buck fifty left on the clock as the Packers uh, were kneeling on the ball in victory formation to close out another win over the Bears, where we gave them a little scare here and there, but in the end, the Bears are going to bear, and we did bear things against the Packers that we only seem to do uh, against the Packers, and uh, we end up blowing another opportunity to, uh, you know, to break the pattern. I think the Packers have won six in a row or whatever it is now. Yeah, all of 2019, all of 2020, so five in a row uh, they've won because we won the last matchup in 2018, two games in 2019. They beat us two games last year and this one ahead. So they've won five in a row, spanning three seasons thus far. Pretty good opportunity to have it go for a sixth game in a row uh, this coming uh, Sunday uh, or we'll be playing again on Sunday night. Uh, But like I said, I'm hoping that uh, Aaron Rodgers and his little uh, tirade uh, in the end zone after scoring that dagger touchdown I was just talking about uh, will be enough bulletin board material for us to uh, try to sever his limbs at the joint uh, when we get our hands on him in Lambo in a few weeks. But um, yeah, so that was an interesting point though, that I made about the uh, Mustafa holding call. Number one, it was a bogus call. It should have never happened. Number two, those were those moments in past years where we would have that touchdown that seemingly gets us back in the ball game, but some flag legitimate or not kills that momentum and we never get it back. That was the one thing that was different. That was the one thing that I, that I believe had Olin Crude sounding somewhat optimistic at the end of this game uh, when he was doing the, the, the after show on NBC sports uh, after uh, with, with Kaplan and, and Alex Brown and, Lance Briggs. If you guys have an opportunity to watch that, you should. It's really good stuff. But, you know, Olin Krutz was saying that, you know, you see progress from the Bears that that give you some kind of hope uh, going forward. And I think he may have been talking about that moment. Because in the past, whenever we would have that moment, Khalil Herbert breaks free, he runs through the line, boom, he scores a touchdown, everybody's happy. We're, you know, a, an extra point from only being a field goal out with like seven minutes to go, plenty of time for us to get – uh, the ball back and tie it up, or even take the lead uh, in this one. It had me feeling like a prophet because when I was talking uh, on the uh, the the Club Thirty Four Seven show on Wednesday, for some reason twenty one to seventeen was sticking out in my head. Now, if we get the ball back and we score after that touchdown, twenty one to seventeen would be the final score. But like, holy hell, did I call this thing? You know, and uh, but there's the flag. I'm like, ah, oh, Christ. But for and, and it's almost like it didn't matter. Uh, Five plays later, we're throwing a touchdown pass to Darno Mooney in the end zone to make it 17-14 for real this time, and we are back in this football game, and we are only a field goal out, and all we need is a stop from the defense to see what can happen, and then this game gets really interesting, but then here comes the typical Bears-Packers stuff where all of a sudden... We have we have a brain fart. We have a collapse at the worst time. We can't get to Rodgers with the pass rush. We leave Devontae Adams wide open, and then, as I said to uh, Eddie Jackson, he he continues to uh, a not make place and b to not really understand to know to to the he. It's it happened in the Cleveland game and it happened again here where he has to know he has to know slash realize he is the last line of defense. He is the he's the, he's turning into Chris Conte because this is what this is what led to my hatred of Chris Conte, which was the fact that, you know, unfortunately for Chris at the time, we didn't have a good run defense. And he was the last line of defense between the defender and the touchdown. And more times than not, Chris Conti missed that tackle. And if we were able to get the guy, it was from the, the defenders trailing behind him that would run him down as opposed to Chris Conti making the tackle. And that is what Eddie Jackson is turning out to be. He was the last line of defense between Devontae Adams in the end zone. And luckily, his attempt at a highlight reel hit was just enough To knock Devontae Adams, and so he just mildly steps out of bounds. I mean, barely like his pinky toe on his right foot stepped out of bounds. If not... If he manages not to put a little extra oomph on it, Devonte just runs down the sideline into the end zone for a touchdown, and all that does is give us like an extra minute and a half of game time to try to, uh, you know, get the ball back down there. We're still down by ten, so you know, essentially, it would have been the game clincher no matter when it happens. But there's Eddie Jackson blowing the opportunity, showing. His lack of football awareness, of his game awareness, the situational awareness, the fact that he is the last line of defense between Devontae Adams and the end zone. Failing to make the tackle. He has to make that tackle, which is exactly what Lance Briggs was saying. And apparently, Eddie Jackson took offense to it because he tried to, uh, he, brought, he dug up some tweet from like 2011 talking about how uh, Briggs was missing tackles in 2011. Which was Briggs' what, ninth, tenth league, you know, and eighth, eight or ninth year uh in the league, where he had already been to the Pro Bowl six or seven times. Uh he'd already helped lead this defense to a Super Bowl uh in two thousand six and you know, his his legacy was secure by twenty eleven. Uh Eddie Jackson uh still has a long way to go to be in Lance Briggs territory, which means he has a long way to go to be able to talk shit to Lance Briggs. He can't. He absolutely cannot. And if you want to talk about if you're going to take offense to uh, people calling you out for not making plays, start making plays because you've been a shadow of yourself. You haven't gotten an interception since 2019, and uh, you're being paid to be the guy that gets interceptions. You're being paid to be the guy that makes plays, and you're not doing it, period. You know, the fact that you come up and you, you make a tackle every once in a while— doesn't mean you're off the hook. We need an interception. We need an explosive play from Eddie Jackson to uh, earn that $14, 15000000 a season that you signed for. You haven't been that guy, not even for a minute in the last two years. So before you want to talk about a guy who's, who should be in the Hall of Fame, you know, you, you don't even belong in the Bears' ring of fame right now. It just, you're not even the best safety on the team at this point. So I just, uh, you, you can't do that, man. You can't. So, yeah. But uh, because of that little bump that he gave Devontae Adams, he kind of sort of steps out of bounds, uh, or he steps out enough that they call it around the 20-yard line. That's where he went out of bounds. And then a few plays later, Aaron Rodgers runs it in and screams at fans who, you know, in a way you can't blame Rodgers for reacting the way he did. He said he looked up and all he saw were, he saw a woman giving him the finger. So he starts yelling back at her. It turns out if you, you look at the pictures on Twitter, the whole section was giving him the finger, <laughs> but you know, so he had a very visceral reaction to what he saw, so okay, cool but i, I do hope that he ends up uh uh eating those words and 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 ver- and i hope they're force fed to him uh when we play them again uh in Lambo at the end of the year so but the, I mean it just goes to back to what I was saying it just it's it's typical in these ways. That we have these collapses at the time that are most beneficial to Green Bay. You know, think back to to 2018. Uh, You know, we have the lead, it's 23 to 17. Uh, I do believe it was on a third down play. Uh, Rodgers throws that crossing route to, it was either Cobb or it was uh, Adams or whatever that runs 80 yards untouched into the end zone. And the next thing you know, it's twenty four to twenty three. We're losing this game that we were dominating for the most part, and and we've had those moments over and over again throughout this uh, throughout this series. We we just have these these momentary collapses, um, and and it just uh, where things just fall apart on us. The you know don't even get me started. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to give you all the na- the the nightmares and the shakes. Speaking to Chris Conti. The Chris Conte play in, the, in 2013, we got the Packers beat and Chris Conte is the only one who doesn't, who doesn't get the audible and uh, Cobb runs in untouched for a touchdown to win the game. Send us home, give the Packers the division so they can go to the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. <sighs> there it was. There's the collapse at the most opportune time uh, for Green Bay always benefits them and never us. And uh, it's just, it's gotten old at this point, you know, so sick and tired of losing uh, to these guys. I'm so sick and tired of the ways that we lose to them. Like last year, you didn't really mind as much. You figured that we just weren't as good. The Packers were a 13 and three team last year. We were lucky to be eight and eight uh, last season. Uh, To, to, you know, to to be able to compete with them for a while and then end up losing just because they were better than us was one thing. But for for us to be able to hang with them, for the game to look like it was lost and then get the momentum back there right at the end in the fourth quarter to have that touchdown where we come back from what used to be a backbreaker for us. And then uh, to have our defense be the one that let us down. I guess that's the part that sucks even more, is that it was the better unit that we have on the team that had the breakdown. You know, and it was it's always seems to be it's one of our better players that does it, too. In this case, Jalen Johnson, uh, getting beat at the line of scrimmage and then basically just jogging from behind um, to allow Devontae Adams, A, to catch that ball, and then, B, he was still jogging when Eddie Jackson hit him. They he say he doesn't start running again until he gets past Eddie Jackson's hit. Then all of a sudden, Jalen Johnson is running after uh, Devontae Adams when he could have helped Eddie Jackson with the tackle and uh, stopping him. Things like that. Those moments that we have on the defensive side, you know, where it was the, the, the person you least expected to let you down, let us down, and Green Bay's off to the races scoring a touchdown that they shouldn't have gotten and things like that. That's what's getting really old, has been old for God knows how long now. But to watch it over and over, to watch it happen every year, uh, it does feel cursed. It really does. And uh, hopefully that curse wearing number 12 will be gone at some point so we can even this thing out and make it into a rivalry again. Because, you know, I'm sick of watching it go this way. It's one thing to lose to these guys. It's another to keep losing games like this. Where we've we've got it, or we're back in this thing, only to watch us choke our ass and lose it uh, over you know something stupid. So anyway, guys, I think that's going to do it uh, for this week. Uh, we'll finally, close the book on this one. You guys will be hearing this one on Wednesday. So I again, I apologize for the uh, for the late release uh, on this one. But uh, we'll be back tomorrow for uh, the first preview episode. Uh, with Ren Daxt and uh, his new partner from the Pewtercast, previewing the game between the Bears and the Bucks. And we'll be back again on Friday with the deep dive. And don't forget to join me tonight, guys, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern for Club 34-7. Uh, we're all probably bitching and mowing about the Packers just a little bit more before we move on to Bears-Bucks this weekend. So, um, yeah, come on back tomorrow for the uh, for the first preview episode. Uh, We'll have the PewterCast guys uh, on the show to preview the game. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.